0: Of vibes welcome back to another episode of the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2k23 myself mamutsi alongside me as always the one and only mr bj armstrong bj how are you doing oh we're all tied
1: one one it's it's all even it's all even even steven
0: the heat keep finding a way i mean i don't know how they do it we'll, we'll get into how they do it but uh they keep finding a way to win on the road in Denver. No one's done that yet this postseason. The Lakers couldn't do it. KD and Booker's sons couldn't do it. The Timberwolves obviously couldn't do it. And here they are. The Miami Heat tied up. 1-1 going back to the 305. And what a game it was. You know, for the Miami Heat, it was really a team effort. You know, Jimmy Butler, 21 points. Bam Adebayo, 21 points. Gabe Vincent, 23 points. Duncan Robinson with 10 off the bench. Max Drews had 14. He was lights out to start the game. And they got it done as a team, in particularly on the defensive end. They went back to a lot more of that zone stuff, this time with Jokic in the game. And it really seemed to work for them. What was your big takeaway from this one?
1: Well, you know, the big theme Mo, is what you and I discussed. I, I believe we said it on air, but I know we talked about it. Was the Miami Heat were going to have time now to game plan. Mm -hmm. Because of the quick turnaround from game seven to game one, there was really no time. They went directly from Boston there. There was really no time to game plan. But in game two, we said that they were going to have not only time to put together a game plan, they were going to have film to see what could be done. Okay, so what did they do today? They forced Jokic And say, you can't stop a great player, but you got to take away something. They took away his ability. I don't know what his assist totals were, but they took away his ability to game plan. He finished the game with only four assists, but 41 points. They took took away his ability to play make. Okay. Yep. So
0: they said, okay, we're going to live with that. The Nuggets. We're going to live with his ability to score. Three and seven during the regular season when Jokic has six or less assists. Tonight, he only had four. Okay. So you
1: take away something, the first thing. Second thing, you and I have talked about in the preseason, the regular season, the question has has always been their ability to defend screen role. And in a traditional sense, Miami did not play screen role in a traditional sense. Guard comes down, calls up the big and play. They just put Bam in the middle of the court, And they just kept running off of him Mm -hmm. to force Jokic to have to defend every single play, him and in particular, Jamal Murray. And they kept them occupied on that end of the floor. And they forced Jokic to help, help and recover, help play isolation basketball against Bam, defend off the curls. You saw Duncan Robinson, these guys curling off. And they kept him involved in every play. Now, this was a first that you've seen that. But we wondered what Miami was going to do. And that's what they did. They occupied both their star players, talking about Denver, and put him in every play. Once they got the switch on Jamal Murray, they attacked him. And they forced Jokic to have to defend off of catching curls, catching pops. Screen and rolls in a non-traditional sense because they don't really have a traditional point guard who just they get a steady diet. They did it with Gabe Vincent they did it with Duncan Robinson, they did it with Kyle Lari, and of course they did it with their best player, which is Jimmy Butler. Now we'll see what they're gonna do. So this was a game, in my opinion, where the Miami Heat they imposed their will on the game, they attacked them in a way that we all knew. It was just in a non-traditional sense. Can they defend the screen role? That's been the biggest question. And thus far in the playoffs, no one has been able to do it consistently up until tonight. Now, tonight they were very consistent. And what they did on the defensive end was, instead of running a traditional 2-3 zone or one-two-two, they always had a man sitting in Yoka's lap so that he couldn't just get the ball against the screen. And they kept him occupied or kept him always in focus of their zone so it was more of a matchup zone probably more than a traditional zone but it was very effective they did a great job they made shots it always helps when you make shots Mm -hmm. but give them credit they they said we're going to take away something that's what i always respect about the playoffs these are incredible great players they took away his ability to play wake. now game three is going to be very important because now we're gonna see, you know, what Denver's gonna do. You know, Denver didn't make any, you know, it's not that they didn't make any adjustments. Miami was just simply terrific tonight. I mean, they played well. I mean, this guy Spolster, wow. I mean, he he's he's without question a Hall of Fame coach. And great job by Miami. Not many people gave them a, a you know. Chance, and all of a sudden they come there and they get a win on the road. So, ladies and gentlemen, as we like to say, when you win on the other team's home court mode, what happens?
0: The series has finally begun. <laughs> so, you know what's interesting about them not letting Jokic be a playmaker is the number of threes that the Denver Nuggets can then get off. Miami went 17 of 35 from downtown. It always helps when you make shot. That's almost 50. That's 49 from the field. Whereas the Denver Nuggets went 11 of 28 from behind the arc. And a lot of those were just in transition or off offensive rebounds. And I think if you include pull-up threes, that's almost half the three-pointers the Denver Nuggets took were not catch-and-shoot threes where guys are waiting for the pass from Jokic. And they've got their rhythm. They've got their balance. They've got the eyes on a target and they can shoot that three. They're all coming in offensive rebounds and the kick-out when the defense is scattered, they're coming in transition or they're coming in dribble pull-ups as we saw at the end with Jamal Murray there, right? So, Mm -hmm. limiting Jokic's playmaking ability has a, a massive impact on how the Denver Nuggets can play their offense. We didn't think Michael Porter Jr. could have another bad shooting night. He finished one of six from behind the arc. KCP had a horrible night. He finished only with six points, but defensively, he was making mistakes that you don't usually see from a player with his experience, I think during the broadcast they were saying in the last ten years nobody in the NBA has played more games than Catavius Caldwell Pope, and you know he's got so much experience, but a lot of his fouls were just sloppy, careless fouls, fouling three point shooters, you know that kind of thing. You know he he
1: he 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 had uncharacteristic plays tonight, and so did Jeff Green. Jeff Green made a couple of uncharacteristic plays here. I don't know if it was attention to detail or miscommunication, what have you. But I agree, both of those players were very experienced and they, they made some uncharacter, uncharacteristic plays in key moments during the course of this game.
0: And, and here's what that led to. You know, we talked after the last game that he only took two free throws the entire game. Tonight, they took 20 of them 18 of 20 from the free throw line. Kentavious Cole-Pope had six fouls, leading to 14 free throws for the Miami Heat. Outside of his fouls, the Heat went 5 of 6 from the line. KCP was single-handedly responsible for 13 of Miami's points. They went 13 to 14 on the foul shots from the fouls that he made. So it was very uncharacteristic. It was almost like they did a Boston Celtics and got too comfortable after that game one win. Um, But the execution from Miami in that fourth quarter, in the first seven minutes, they scored on every possession except for two. And, you know... Over the whole fourth, 36 points on just 19 possessions. That's 189.5 points per 100 possessions. That would be the most efficient fourth quarter, according to John Schumann, for any team in any game this season. The 10th most effective quarter overall in NBA history. The Miami Heat were executing down the stretch. And, you know, you talked a lot about them getting Jokic involved in their reaction. Bam coming off the screen and roll and rolling hard to the hoop rather than settling for mid mid-range jump shots or floaters like he did in the last game where he did have 25 points but 26 points but it was on 25 shots tonight he was being way more aggressive he had 21 points but only on 14 shots and he had four assists to go with it so bam being a force rolling hard to the basket was a big difference maker on offense for the Miami Heat and i think as well there was no way that Max Drews and Caleb Martin were going to come out and be as bad as they were the other night. Max Drews starting the game, you know, with four threes. Unbelievable. You know, a lot of that at the start of the game was the Denver Nuggets having two defenders with Jimmy Butler and leaving shooters wide open. and We saw that happen throughout the game. Mike Malone was furious, calling many timeouts. Absolutely livid at his team for leaving guys like Vincent and Martin over open. So, They've got a lot to look at when it comes to the film. Throughout that game there were a number of lead changes. You know, there was there was big stretches with different leads, each team led by double digits. First quarter Miami was up big, second and third quarters Denver was up big, and then the fourth quarter as I just said, Miami heat really ran away with it. So now looking at the next game, what can Denver do to get Jokic's playmaking back involved other than simply knocking down shots?
1: Well, you know, you always have to take a look at the, at the defensive schemes, and you know, the first thing they have to do is establish how they're going to defend. Tonight, you saw a different, you saw different sets by the Miami Heat. Clearly, clearly, there was a lot of miscommunication, big time. Okay, you don't get to the NBA finals, and suddenly you you see guys having mishaps on defensive switches because basically you know the other team, but Miami. Again, that's what I'm saying. They imposed their will. They figured out what they had to do to include two players. And those two players was Jokic and Jamal Murray. And they're going to force those guys to have to contest shots or play in every action on the defensive end. So that's the first thing. You saw a better defensive effort by the Denver Nuggets when the um,
0: the bench guys came in. I believe in the second quarter when they got up. Yeah, like I they, want to say
1: like fifteen points. Okay, yeah, they, or something they like were that.
0: huge. You know, in the first half, Denver's bench outscored Miami's twenty to five, and they were doing a great job on defense, getting them out in transition. They were sixteen to three in transition points. So that is something they're going to have to look at,
1: and that's those are the matchups. Now, so it's obvious what Miami has said. So. First, let's let's shore up let's shore up the defensive end, especially with the starters, and how we're going to defend, and and then let's start there. The second thing is, is now they're going to have to come up with a game plan to do one of the one of two things. Either they're going to play through Jokic and slow the game down, and the reason I got to slow the game down is because if he's just scoring they're not going to make enough threes. You got to shoot enough threes to win these games now because the three-point shooting. So if Jokic scores 40 points and they don't get up, let's say 15 threes during the course of a game, they can't make, They just like they did against the Boston Celtics, twos won't beat them. They have to get threes. They have to have a blended brand of basketball. If you get 41 points and then your guys shoot 15 or 18 threes, now you're cooking. But mm-hmm. if you just say Jokic is just going to score, they're not going to score enough twos. They're not going to get enough possessions to beat you, provided you can make some threes. I don't know how many threes they made tonight, but I'm going to assume they probably made over 15 or so.
0: The Miami Heat made 17. There. Yeah. yeah, somewhere the around the Nuggets there. Only
1: made 11? Yeah, so th- there you go. I mean, that that's, that's, that's the difference in the game right there, Mo. So Denver is going to have to figure out how to defend without having those lapses, right? You can't have those type of mental, those are just mental breakdowns. Mm-hmm. And that's what the coaches are mad at because at this stage of the season, at this stage in the in the, you know, in the NBA finals, you're you don't supposed to have breakdowns like that. No. I mean they had a couple of breakdowns tonight Mo that were just like unacceptable for a championship caliber team. However, it happens and we'll see. And as you and I both know and, and we like to say, you traditionally, you play better at home. So I expect Miami to be better as far as shooting at home. Mm-hmm. However, this may be good for Denver to get on the road, but they're going to have to play a bre- a blended brand of basketball. If I were them, I would slow the game down just a little bit, take better possession of the ball and not shoot so early in the shot clock. Yeah. Okay. I thought they were a little rushed early at the beginning of the game. And a lot of it had to do probably with nerves. You want to get going. Now, I think the series, if you're asking me right now, even though they lost, I think the series now favors Denver because they're going to start playing. I believe like every other day, once they get back to Miami. Yeah. Okay. They're going to be playing. I can one or two days be, rest. Yeah. Yeah. I think between between games three and four. So they're going to have a travel day, get back, Play three, and then every other day from this point moving forward. So we'll see. I think depth will probably play, you know, will have, you know, y- y- you're looking for the team with better depth to eventually wear the other team down. But these guys from Miami, I don't know if it applies to them. <laughs> I mean, I'm just convinced yeah. now that they figure out ways. I mean, Duncan Robinson was terrific. Gabe Vincent, terrific. You know, Caleb Martin made big shots. So, you know, how about this, Kevin Love?
0: Okay? In the starting There's, lineup tonight, we didn't even talk about the, that yeah. yet. In the yeah, starting lineup, Ke, yeah. he did a great job yeah, to begin uh, the game.
1: He did. I, I thought, I. 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 you know, I I know you and I talked about it. They asked who they're going to start. I thought Kevin Love, even though Kevin Love can't match up with, with Jokic, well, no one can match up with Jokic. It's just the fact that you put Kevin Love, and you have another big body out there, and it allows – Bam to roam a little bit, just for a
0: little bit, well, right? Well, you gotta put Bam on him. We we talked about this before the series starting Kevin Love, and we thought about him being on the Joker and Bam roaming, but to start this game, they actually had Bam still guarding Jokic and Love was on Aaron Gordon. And what this allowed them to do was have more possessions with Jimmy Jimmy Butler using his size to guard Jamal Murray. So the other thing Eric to did was instead of he he cycled his rotations to the fact where he would always have two bigs to start a game on the court. So when Bam went out, Cody Zeller came in. Instead of going small, he played with the dual bigs to begin. And that was a big factor in it because the Miami Heat at times, when they go small, they look like when they're trying to hunt mismatches and whatnot, the size of Denver is just too much for them. So that was a great adjustment by Eric Spolster. We're going to see what the Denver Nuggets do. I wanted to mention this. Um, I hate talking about referees. And do I think that the referees are the reason Miami won the game? No. But I learned something today that the head of the officiating crew for today's game, John Coble, actually went to high school with Udonis Haslam. And I tweeted about it. And following my tweet, there were about three possessions in a row where... (laughs) he called out of bounds Miami ball when it was clearly the Nuggets ball or the Nuggets had clearly been fouled. Um, so maybe him not being a ref may help the Nuggets a little bit in the next game because that was a little bit suspect to me. I don't know if that's a conflict of interest. If you have a pre-existing personal relationship with one of the players dating back 40 years or 30 years or how old these guys are. Um, but Yeah. It was it was interesting to see that that referee uh, how that unfolded during the course of the game. I know you don't like to say it because you you obviously have close ties to referees, but that was interesting to me. It was interesting. I'm not saying it's the reason Miami won. I'm just saying there was a few possessions there where it clearly didn't look right, and I thought I'd just have to say that right here. Which team has the okay. edge? Which team has the momentum going into the rest of the series? Because you would naturally think Miami, but you said that this series is now going to favor Denver.
1: I think Denver has the edge, just because now as as you get into to the games three, four, five, you're gonna you're gonna need you're gonna need some of these contributions that are unexpected, right? I I. It's hard to say, but it's possible at some point, you know, this, this Miami team, which has been playing incredible, right? I I keep saying this, but you know, maybe, maybe it's just their year. They're a team of destiny.
0: We keep saying At some
1: point, at some point, their ability to perform like this at a high level, it's not like one or two guys. I mean, they're just, they're playing with such confidence. This is like, a coach's dream because you, they just give it to you. You know, you, 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 you know, you come up with these game plans and you go, what can they do? You know, what, what can we do? And then every night, these guys just step up in the most difficult of scenarios, right? If, if a coach's hallmark is based on his ability to perform under pressure, well, Eric Spolster in this group, <laughs> I mean, I mean, they perform under the most extreme conditions in this playoffs. And it's just been incredible to watch. So I would think, Mo, as we get here, they're going to probably run out of steam. I mean, they just... How many bodies do they have? I mean, they, they literally only play like six or seven guys every night.
0: Well, they're at five and, deep into that bench today. Yeah. They and, five and they, deep and they just, in the NBA Finals. We never see that 10-man rotation in the NBA yeah, Finals. Yeah, I
1: mean... Well, as I'm saying, if they're going to win, they're going to need. You're going to have to play with a minimum of eight guys, but they've been going through the playoffs without it. So, and they're playing with such extreme confidence. That's what's amazing to me. I mean, they, they, no matter who gets it, I mean, there's no hesitation. They say shooters shoot. Well, Mo, you know what? I mean, if you're a shooter, go play for them because they're getting, they're getting great shots. They're running great sets and great. Great stuff right now. But I still think that the Denver Nuggets have an edge. I think it favors as we now start going. And I think it's good for them to get out of get out of town for a little bit. It, it's hard playing at home in the playoffs, especially your first time. You got to listen to, you know, you got to do the media. You got to listen to everyone at home. Your family's there. Everyone's like, yeah, you got to worry about tickets. Da-da-da-da-da-da. You know, to be honest, it's better to be at home. If I had a choice, I mean, be it's home. better to be on the road. Better to be on the road, I mean. I would favor being on the road, especially in the NBA Finals, because it's just easier. You're in the hotel. And now, you you know, you're, you're, you don't have to worry about food. You don't have to worry about getting to the game. It's easier to dress on the road. It's just easier. You know, it's just you don't have to worry about his tickets as much because you know you're at home so forth and then you gotta you know you're walking into the arena your fans are like cheering you on but now you can focus in you can lock in so i expect denver to play better you know they'll, they'll probably get game three game four will probably be though that'll, that'll be the to me game four will be the, the tell of the tape in this series just because if it's going back 2-2, now it's anybody's game. If it's mm-hmm. going to if it goes back 2-2 to Denver, now you're talking it's anybody's game.
0: what what, what if Miami win? <laughs> what if Miami win both if games? If Miami wins, dude, I, mean, yeah,
1: I I I I listen, I, I going expect Denver, to Denver to win. 3-1 up. Yeah, I I I I I don't expect that. I I I think best case scenario for Miami. Best case scenario. And the reason I say that is because Denver didn't play bad, and they only lost, what, by, what, three points or so? Yeah. I mean, Denver didn't play their best. They had a masters.
0: chance to tie it at the buzzer with Jamal Murray. And they
1: had a chance to tie it. And they, they had a timeout. timeout. Like, they I, didn't take the timeout. And, uh, I mean, I before, by, by, by NBA final standard, they were awful. Okay? They were mm-hmm. awful, and they still had a chance to take, move this game to overtime. I don't expect them to have – you know, they had their game. You know, it's always a game in the playoffs where you play bad, and if you win when you play bad, that really says something about your team.
0: Mm-hmm. To be
1: honest with you, they didn't deserve to win this game. Okay? No. That, that's just They didn't deserve to win it. The better team, the team that deserved to win, that played better, won the game, as it should be. But I don't expect Denver to have this type of mental... I mean, they had some mental lapses during the course of this game. Make no doubt about it. But a lot of that was because of Miami's, the way they played and their effort. But I expect Miami... I expect uh, Denver to go back a minimum 2-2. Okay. Okay. I expect that. That's what I'm anticipating. And whether they lose game three, which is possible, I expect them to win at least one game here
0: on this uh, two-game swing. So we talk a lot about unexpected contributions. I wanted to highlight two players here, uh, two role players, two bench players. For the Nuggets, I wanted to talk about Christian Braun because he came in the game off the bench And he had a huge impact, making the hustle plays, playing great defense, getting out and attacking in transition, making plays off the dribble. And then for the Miami Heat, after seeing how well the Denver bench played in the first half, Duncan Robinson coming back into the game and his evolution as a player from being out of the rotation for pretty much the whole season to being making plays and scoring the basketball for his his team here in the NBA Finals, credit to him for evolving his game because before, if it wasn't a catch and shoot three, there was no point in having him there. Now we're seeing him put the ball on the floor, we're seeing him find other guys, we're seeing players bite on his head fakes and then him getting easy shots. So I just wanted to shout out to those two guys for for playing um excellent in their roles. We're gonna have to have a prediction, BJ. Game three, who have you got I got Denver. I I, I just think Denver
1: Their size, they'll make adjustments. I think they will play better. They will play better um, Okay, here. So I think, Denver, if you're asking me, game three.
0: Okay. I hear it. I hear it. I think it's going to be tough for them considering the Miami Heat's defense. They look like they didn't have an answer for it. I know they're going to go look at the tape and whatnot, but Miami just seems so disciplined, and they seem like they're on a string defensively throughout the fourth quarter there. I mean, I spoke about this in my newsletter, which you guys can sign up for in the description. One pound a month. Feel free to support the hustle. Um, You know, the problem when Miami are hitting their shots, which they did tonight, you know, 49% from three, as we've discussed, is that the Devon Nuggets then have to take the ball out of the basket, inbound it, and it slows the game down, right? When you're getting stops, you get out and transition and attack. But because the Miami Heat are executing and making shots, they then can go back, get into their zone, avoid the cross matches that killed them early in game one. And that's really the key for it. So the same way that the Miami Heat have looked at the Nuggets and said, okay, we're going to let Jim uh, Jokic score the ball and not let him make plays. Do you think they adopt something similar and say, we're going to just limit the Struces, the Vincents, the Robinsons of the world, and we're going to put all the pressure on Jimmy Butler, who once again... I mean, he had 21 points, seven and nineteen shooting, but a far cry from the Jimmy we saw through the first nine games of the playoffs before he turned his ankle against the Knicks, right? Um, I don't I don't know if it was nine games or whatever game it was, but are we gonna see that from Denver saying, Okay, Jimmy, it's on you go out there score 50 points, rather than allowing his teammates to get going. Because Miami finished with one, two, three, four, five guys all scoring double digits.
1: Well, Mo, you know, when you play the game, you want to always put the ball, I mean, just good principles of a, of a sound offense is you want to put the ball in your best player's hands. However, what Miami has done is they have said the following. We know how we're going to attack this team. And what they've done, Mo, is they've put every player into some type of screen and roll action, and they're just running like a wheel. Okay, every player: Duncan Robinson handoff, Gabe Vincent handoff screen, Jimmy Butler. Sh- let's set the screen with Caldwell Pope and and Jamal Murray. Get the screen that we get the player matchup that we want. Now, bam, you come screen Jamal Murray. So Mo, right now we have a we have a we have a team here that imposed their will on the game it's not a, this isn't about jimmy butler this is about we're going to we're going to impose our will and say we know how to attack this team we're going to attack them in their weakest area that we feel that will allow us to win tonight they did that and denver did not make any adjustments because denver felt which you know, i agree with never felt you know what there's no need for us to have to switch up our defense like for instance they didn't try to go away from jamal murray they didn't go to a zone they didn't
0: like double they still played off. Jokic in the drop yeah they I mean, just they just hung they just hung i mean one thing i've noticed you know is i did a breakdown on my youtube channel for you guys who are subscribed if you haven't yet go check that out i did a breakdown of how they guarded jimmy Butler which was a very deep drop. So Nikola Jokic was dropping all the way back when they were playing the screen role and letting Jimmy shoot to avoid him attacking the basket and getting Jokic to foul trouble, getting to the free throw line, finding his rhythm. But then in game one, Jokic was playing at the level against the shooters, right? So they'd be coming off screens, Lowry and uh, Robinson and these guys, they'd be coming off screens and he would be there at the level. Whereas today... He was a couple steps back from where he was in game one. I don't know if that's by design or him being tired. No,
1: Miami, game one, Miami didn't run anything. Miami didn't show anything in game one. What Miami did was very, very smart. You can't, you know, it takes effort and energy. That's the one thing you can't coach. There's no way possible you're going to play a game seven, fly to Denver the night after the game, get adjusted to the altitude. It's not an excuse, but it is what it is. Do the media and all of those things. And then ask your players or ask your guys to come out and have the effort and energy in game one. They didn't show anything. All, all they did was experiment. Okay. Let's see what they're going to do. If we defend this way, let's see what happens. If we pass the ball in the post. Let's just let's just see. So then we'll have a game plan. We'll have tape, and then we'll put together a game plan because there was like two or three days of you know they had to 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 rest in between game one and game two. I mean, they, they clearly that was their approach, which was the right thing to do based on the schedule. Like you got to work with the schedule. You can't make excuses. You got to figure out tonight from the tip-off mode. They were the most aggressive team. How many times have you heard me say the referees are always going to favor the most aggressive team. They were the most physical team in the first quarter. They were the most aggressive team and they had a game plan. They, they, they came out with a game plan on the offensive end and the defensive end. Hands down. Why? Because they knew exactly what, what they had to do if they're going to have a chance to win and they stuck with it. And more importantly, they executed. Now, Denver now is going to have to say, what are they going to do? Because they're going to put, they're attacking their two best players, right? You just don't like leave. You can't just leave Jokic to say, you know what, big fella, go get 41 and guard the other guy for 48 minutes. You can't do that. They got to do something. So give Miami credit, give those players credit. However, this is going to be tough because they have, They've made a decision, a conscious decision to say we're gonna put Bam in the middle of the court and we're just gonna run a wheel off of him. I don't know what they call it, <laughs> but mm. that's basically what they're doing. And Jokic, the reason Jokic can't drop is because Duncan Robinson and these guys are coming off dribble handoffs.
0: Yes, you can't drop on Duncan Robinson, Gabe Vincent. But this this is what I was saying. This is what I was saying. In game one, he wasn't dropping. In game two, tonight, he was a couple steps further back than where he was, playing at the level in game one. Regardless of if Miami it, was running anything or not.
1: But You think that's one, because if,
0: he was tired from having to do so much on defense? No, 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 no. I, I don't
1: think I'm explaining myself. Game one, they didn't play with Bam in the middle of the court. Game one, Bam was posting up. Bam was isolating. Tonight, they made a conscious effort to utilize Bam to include him, include Jokic in every play because we don't want him to just drop. If he drops, Mo, it's by design. They only got to the basket. They only got to the free throw line, I think two times.
0: In game one. Yes. Uh, she, NBA finals. You, you're
1: you to say like, like all of this stuff doesn't happen by accident. So, how, if you only got to the free throw line two times, 99% of the time you're going to lose that game because you got to get to the free throw line. So how can you get to the basket? Well, you got to include the guy who's protecting the basket. Who's their rim protector? Jokic. I mean, I mean it, that's just the, the adjustment of the game. There is a, These guys are so exceptionally coached and the way they play and the way they're doing these things just don't happen by accident so now we'll see what denver is going to do i mean they have options but we'll see what they're going to do because you can't win while only going to the free throw line two times i mean that's like unheard of i i don't know if has there ever been a team that has gone to the free throw line less times i mean
0: nope not in the nba finals
1: yeah that's what i'm saying so give them credit like they said okay we got to figure out how to get this guy included into the game to where we can open up the driving lanes i mean think about that duncan robertson these guys were getting to the cup in game two where in game one Jokic was back there defending the basket aaron gordon was back there defending the basket so get you know to get those guys credit man they they deserve to win the game they they did a better job of of adjusting but more importantly of executing
0: absolutely well that's game two of the nba finals wrapped up in the books the series shifts to Miami for games three and four we're gonna to have to see what unfolds Guys, on social media let us know your predictions or in fact join the discord which is linked in the description of this show but you can join the conversation and we'll be here to answer any of your questions from the nba finals there's content dropping on my youtube channel there's some breakdowns there bj check them out everyone listening check them out the newsletter is there as well like i said daily updates from around the nba and we'll be back with more very soon from the nba finals this is the hoop genius podcast make sure you subscribe tell a friend and most importantly get buckets